0: Welcome to the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm Kyle Sheehan, one half of the the host team here, Um, and today I'm joined by a former teammate of mine, SDSU legend, uh, Ryan McKnight. McKnight, how you doing, man? Man, life is good. I cannot complain one bit. I love it. I love it, man. So uh, Ryan is a native of the Sioux Falls area, went to Sioux Falls, Washington High School, uh, graduated. He earned all-city, all-conference honors, as well as being named to the Sioux Falls Argus Leader Elite 45 team, elected to play in the South Dakota All-Star Game, coached by former Jackrabbit Brian Hermanson, did not allow a sack over a two-year span in his prep days, attempted nearly 400 passes. You know, Washington in Sioux Falls area down there is a power, a staple down there as far as in uh, in the South Dakota area, so... In 2006, Ryan Redshirted uh, was a scout team offensive player of the week prior to Northern Iowa and Southern Utah, but did quite a, quite a few memorable things throughout the course of his career. Started, uh, 12 games in 2008 with a bunch of starts, um, and then really dominated and took over in 2009, uh, where he was all Missouri Valley football conference team, started all 12 games. 2010 got, uh. All conference, all American recognition, and then got a little bit of uh, a little bit of a taste at the next level. In that, right, Ryan? You bet, man. It was pretty uh,
1: <clears throat> pretty brief, but boy, it was fun. See, you know, it's crazy how long. Like it, to us, it probably seemed like it was just yesterday that you were playing. That like any, every time August
0: rolls around, you probably should be throwing on the helmet and the pads. But man, it's almost been a decade. I know do you get that do you kind of the hair kind of stands up on your arm or your neck and you kind of get that vibe again that like man I should be I should be doing something what am I not doing and then it kind of just a good reminder of uh you know what you dedicated so much of your life to oh
1: uh, dude you're spot on you know the, the wife tells me all the time that uh, football is over and it's it's awfully apparent but it's <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy you know every time I talk to Stig right around fall camp and it's something that you, like you said, you dedicated anywhere from a, a decade to a decade and a half playing football, doing stuff that, um, that that you miss that you love, that you're a part of, and then all of a sudden, at one day it, you, you're done, you get cut, whatever. And you miss it. you miss that that feel, the smell of the grass, the grind, the you know one of the weird things that I do miss is I just miss having <clears throat> like a reason to be sore. You know, like you go do a two a day, you do a one a day, you get back home, your hands hurt, your knees hurt, your head hurts, but you're like, man, like you felt like you did something. Like you felt, it felt accomplished. You know, you could say you missed the lights. You could say you miss, um, uh, you know, winning games,
0: but man, you
2: you miss
1: being sore, miss being one of the guys
0: again. Absolutely, man. You miss doing your job. That's uh, like, like having a responsibility that you could absolutely take ownership of. And um, just I completely echo those sentiments and, one of the things, you know, I think that is common in the parlance of football is like, you need the game more than it needs you. And I think <laughs> that uh, the quicker that you can realize that as a young player, at least uh, for me, I didn't really realize it until later on in my, is uh, is is how quickly the game can be done with you because it's so unforgiving. Talk about being sore. Shoot, I wake up every day and crack and I'm sure you do the same, but um it's still nostalgic in that you know i miss that i miss those reasons to be sore oh <laughs> well, exactly right you know you're spot on i mean
1: you know we got general parnell i you know i still keep in touch with him every once in a while you know he he blew his knee out and that really took the game away from him you have no idea you know I'm talking to a lot of guys and you know what a, my profession now being able to mentor some of the youth and, and kind of talk to them about you know the today's world and and law and real estate and you know, you, you kind of hear the same thing. Ah, you know, I'm I'm sore, I'm tired, I'm beat up, yada, yeah, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah. You'd be like, man, what I would give, what a lot of these old guys would give just for one more snap, just to play the game one more time, to study the playbook, to watch film, to do, I don't know, I mean, just, just to be part of the team again. For one more play, you have no idea how much that means to us. So even when we got uh, recognized on the field the other day, a lot of these old guys from 79, 80 were like, Man, what I would give just to play one more play, just to have that that crowd roar, have that feel, just one more time. It's stuff that you miss. It's stuff that, like you said, you know, you're part of it for so long, now all of a sudden you lost it. Um, that sucks. sucks. Yeah,
0: the, yeah, you know, and it's what makes I think the struggle so worthwhile. You know, we when we were recruited there, um, which is probably you know necessary to bring up. It it looked. It was a far cry from what it is now with uh, all the amenities, the facilities, all the, you know, bells and whistles that have, you know, they've been so uh, fortunate to be able to earn from a lot of the donors and people pouring into the organization as a whole, both at the university level and then the athletics level. It's, you know, we were there when there were grandstand bleachers and trailers for offices and it kind of... uh, was a collective struggle that we all kind of could, could laugh at cause we were there to ball. We weren't, I mean, we weren't there for all the bells and whistles. We, uh, we just want to play the game. And I think that uh, it's hard nowadays um, just the same, no matter where you play, you talked about it when it's a part of your identity and you've devoted so much of your life to it. You see guys struggle to make that transition because the skills that that you learn in football, if you're too one dimensional, they don't necessarily transfer one to one into the real world. So it can kind of you kind of get in that gray area like oh man, what do I do next? And so uh so what have you done next post your it, You
1: know, you're you're spot on
0: with that. And so like when I got done with
1: football, you know, I get cut from the Bengals and I I didn't know what I was going to do. and My old man played obviously for the Jacks and and so for me it was it, it you know, I I moved back home I had to finish up school. I promised Stig, I'd finish up school. It was just something that, that's what I was going to do. And the old man said, you know, if you like to compete, find a way that you can still compete. I said, oh, you know, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, if, if, you know, you got a good head on your shoulders, you know, why don't you, why don't you try going to law school? Why don't you see what you could do? And, you know, it was funny. You know, I, I, I was a walk on an SDSU. I didn't do, I didn't get a scholarship. I walked on for three years and ended up, uh, Playing as a walk on, doing some of this other stuff. And so I kind of learned how to grind. I learned how to hustle, learn how to, to, to play hard. And um, uh, when I applied for law school, I didn't get in right away. I said, Well, you know, you weren't this, you weren't that. And I said, Well, whatever. It is what it is. And call back a couple weeks later. And they said, Well, you know, come on in. We can't make any promises. You know, you were on the bottom of the LSAT. You're on the bottom of all this crap. I said, oh, That's fine. I've been doubted before. And so we go in, and, you know, at the end of it, uh, at the end of my 3rd L year we have a competition for trial team and this is you know a long drawn story but what it came down to was my wife and I at the time were paired against the top two kids in our law class and and we beat them in this mock trial we beat them left and right there was no doubt about it and they asked you know how did you get prepared for this and i said you know i i was grown i was I was raised on the belief that you know hard work and effort will take you further than anything else in life and so if you believe in yourself you, you grind you hustle yeah why not why not try your best and so yeah no so what i got done with law school or when i got out of the football i uh went immediately into law school uh, got done and met my wife there we practiced a little opened a little firm out in the middle of absolute nowhere uh, kind of where she was from uh, about a year and a half in sdsu calls and says hey You know, we're starting up this business school. We would love to have uh, you and your wife come back, kind of help out with it. And Really, for about the last four years, yeah, three and a half, four years, we've been uh, uh, fortunate enough to come back and kind of be teaching a lot of these law and real estate and management type courses. For those of you old guys listening that graduated with a business econ degree, we're kind of the new Pat Lyons. We kind of took over some really big shoes, but just trying to make a difference, coming back, talking to a lot of kids. and. Now we're teaching. Now we're instructors uh, at SDSU. So you're now a part of the faculty in Blue and Yellow. <laughs> Which is, it's, it feels very weird to sit on the other side of the desk, but man, it is, uh, it's enjoyable being able to, to help out some kids that, you know, it, it, whatever it is, if they want to pursue a law degree, pursue a business degree, pursue some, uh, a profession in real estate, it's awesome. You know, going back to Stig 101, man, make a difference. I love being able to help these kids out.
0: Yeah, man. And isn't it interesting? You, you kind of, you know, you're you're a young kid. You're doing Stig Pop. For those of you who don't know, it's during fall camp. It's the group breakout sessions when um, essentially they're just trying to bleed you physically, bleed you mentally, get you locked in, make sure you know and understand the standard. But all the Stigisms pop up during that when we're going through what what's called our mad manual right so in that you hear some of these kind of statements that are maybe cliche maybe a little hokey but man i find myself like lntc leave nothing to chance you know make a difference and all this stuff that just constantly is popping into my head i'm like son of a gun he was right all along. you know that spot on the truth and we actually had uh my i
1: have all four or five year mad manuals they're all sitting Uh, me too man just it's it's fun like be able to read through and be like oh yeah i remember that game i remember this i remember that just kind of brings you back and that's you're spot on we're having uh uh, all these little one-liners these little one sayings that you might you know at the time you're sore you're beat up you just want to go home and you know have a pb and j or some crappy little pizza deal and now now when you get to be our age you're like man
0: that is the truth that's life that's living one yeah Absolutely. Especially leave nothing to chance for me. I mean, make a difference. is very, um, you know, philosophical, like, you know, do what you can to win where you're at and benefit the lives of of others and those closest to you. But in terms of leave nothing to chance, like you were talking about how you excelled in law school and that uh, the pairing that you had with your wife. And it's like, I think one of the things that is the most beneficial aspect of football for young men is teaching them how to prepare for something where where they aren't they're not the main thing but they're a part of the whole, right? And and I think one of the most uh, impactful things and Ryan you talk about this that I learned um, was when you watch film you're never watching film for the thing that you did good you're breaking down your performance you're deconstructing it and you're analyzing what you could do to take that one next step forward to get that one percent better um what's your what was your experience like as far as that like that you took away from football and that's that's the thing
1: i love the most about it is you know it, it's it's funny that we've been about a decade out now you never remember the, the best place you had right you always remember the ones that ah, i let up this sack or i let up this this tackle blah 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 blah. that's something that you always trying to strive to get better i listen to a lot of podcasts i listen to a lot of uh, like motivation and leadership. And that's, that's kind of what life is about. Right. It's always been trying. If you're just average, if you were just complacent, had nothing to try to get better for. What does that give you a reason to try to get better for? There's not, there's nothing there. If you're always staying complacent, you're always in the same, Yeah, you gotta have that way to keep getting better, keep grinding. And I know, you know, Meadows put that into me pretty quick. Um, like I said, you know, walking on for three years, You know, just having to move around, bounce around position from left guard, right guard to center, and it, you know, hey, you got to keep getting better, keep getting better, even though you might have had a great block on uh, Fisher or whoever, while your foot was bad or your pads were high, whatever it was, you got to keep getting better. And that's – I think that's probably one of the biggest things I could tell these kids is, yeah, great, you you played five years at state, Uh, maybe you'll get a shot in the pros, maybe you won't, Um, but now what? You know, now what are you going to do once – the lights are off once uh, the pads are hung up what are you going to be now that makes you uh, be proud you know find something that you actually want to strive for to to compete to keep getting better and that's i can't stress that enough with a lot of these kids it, you know i think a lot of them think that and there's nothing wrong with it you know you think you graduate from sdsu you have you know a 3.0 gpa you're a great football player in all america and all this well once once it's all done what do you have now? You got to rely on your education. You got to rely on your smarts. And, um, you know, if you, if you, if you're complacent about just being average,
0: well, there's nothing wrong with that, but why be average when you can be great. Indeed. Indeed. Why be average when you can be great. And part of being great that we kind of glossed over that I definitely want to pinpoint. So your wife is also a lawyer. Yeah. And so she, uh, she was a state grad. We
1: played football with her cousin, Conrad. And so, uh, uh cursed dad yeah the old oh man the old cursed dad connection out west and so uh at the very first day of law school uh we get up talking you got to introduce yourself and she introduces herself and i was like man right there alone there's some sort of connection some sort of bond and uh we hit it off and never looked back i guess yeah no she's a lawyer which is probably the best thing for me though in, in law school i could you know me i get easily distracted whether it be (laughs) <laughs> having fun lifting weights or whatever, and hunting, yeah. fishing. And she's like, No, we got to study, we got to read, you got to learn, you got to be better. And I, I give a lot of that, you know, that Jacker mentality where, you know, every single night from four o'clock to 10 o'clock, we're in the library reading books and studying that just the grind, just finding a way to get better, whether it be uh, by reading, by learning, or just by studying and making better study habits to
0: find a way to get better. Yeah. Those cursed guys, man, they don't shy away from hard work. Like <laughs> Conrad was the most quiet dude I've ever run across in my life, but that that kid could ball. That's uh, you know you talk about injuries, man. His his injury was one of those ones that you're like, dang, uh, you know, just don't want to get into the specifics too much, but just like basically took him off the field for his senior year, and that was you know that was a hard thing to watch. But no, man, you, you hit the nail on the head. You found a good compliment in uh, in your wife, and that's just super unique that you guys are both in the same field you're both able to you know pick each other's brains and kind of you know learn from one another i'm sure and and keep each other sharp um and you guys got a kiddo right you bet
1: we got a little three-year-old girl that uh uh, keeps us plenty busy and uh so no it's 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 been fun it seems like like you said you know it kind of keeps us both sharp and um it's it was really fun actually running a practice with her just by being able to like you know, bounce ideas off, talk things, you know, she was a prosecutor. I was a defense and a defense attorney. And just so we could kind of see from different angles, you know, kind of see which one to play, which card to play. And Oh yeah, it was, it was, it's it was fun. It was a great opportunity for us. And, you know, without my old man being there helping us out, I, I tell you what, it was, um, it was a grind. Cause you know, you would, you need to have a mentor if you go off on your own and, you know, we were in the middle of nowhere by herself with great help from him and their firm. And, it, it was it was fun. It was nice. Uh, nice to be able to work together uh, within the law firm. But now it's even it's, it's even more fun being able to say, like, hey, you know, if we're going to talk about this subject, you know, let's make sure we're teaching the same thing. So all of our students learn the same thing to make sure that there is no ifs, ands or buts about who the best students are, you know, who can test the best, who can grade the best, who can um, who really deserves, you know, if we're going to help them go to law school. Who really should be there? So you know, it's it's fun. It's it's a really good. Um, she's really good at reading, really good at writing. Where my background is more about the math and the science, and so yeah, we complement each other really well
0: with that. That's good, man. Yeah, we touched on that in some of the earlier podcast episodes when we we're talking about you know now Jimmy being the D coordinator along with uh, uh, Coach Bergstrom um, being a compliment, not a duplicate in terms of personality. And kind of your approach, so that you can just work to becoming a more well-rounded unit as a whole, and uh, you know that's that's great. That's an aspect where, um, you know, where it carries over into family life as well. You want to be a good compliment to one another, and uh, you know, you you brought up a good point, man. That I, it doesn't matter if our listeners are twenty years older than you and I, or you know, five ten years younger than us. You got to find a mentor, man. Nobody can go it alone, especially when you. You're trying to find your way, re re uh, rediscover your identity post playing ball and something to that effect. Find someone that you admire that you uh, that you want to emulate, and uh, you know, attach yourself to their hip and just try to to go hard and earn your stripes. And I think uh, your your path will become more and more clear as you go. I, I completely agree with you on that, and that's.
1: You know, not to not to take away from what we've talked about so far, but that's a big part of this idea of the JFPA, right? Where you got to find people that you want to be like. You got to find people that you actually can help you achieve your dreams, whether it be uh, educational, whether it be uh, uh, financial, whether it be athletic, whatever it is. You got to find someone that makes you want to push to get yourself stronger, faster, smarter, whatever it is. Um, and that's what I'm hoping to get with a lot of this JFPA is where there's a lot of old guys out there, and I know some of you are listening to right now, whether it be five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, that have great careers, have um, a great head on their shoulders, got a great family, and they have, you know, whatever whatever it be, a, a financial advisor, whether it be a lawyer, whether it be whatever, that, you know, there's a lot of young guys that, Need to have some sort of mentor, someone that can help them out. Well, if you guys are looking for help, you know, look, look no further than the JFPA. Where you, if you know that you played for Stig for three, four, or five years, these guys also play for Stig. So it's the same mentality, same mindset, same uh, uh, hard work, same effort. And I know, like we could joke about the stadium, we could joke about all the nice stuff they got. But tomorrow morning, I just got off the phone with Jimmy and Lujan. They got practice at six a.m. They're going to grind out of practice early morning. Uh, get the guys better, get mind right, body ready, have a couple days off, to start to uh, dress up for Valley play. And so it's the same concept, the same thing. They might have nicer things, but man, there's some salt of the earth type of dudes on this football team that that's what makes it fun for, you know, me to help mentor me to help guide, but also
0: just to kind of cheer them on on, on Saturdays. That's awesome, man. That's great stuff. And, and yeah, I, I couldn't agree more in terms of just, uh, broadcasting the message out there about the jackrabbit football players association, understanding it's a collective brotherhood. Like I don't care if I've never met you before or, you know, we don't have anything in common. If you need something, I'm going to, I will be there for you. And that's not lip service either. It's like, I I cannot wait to network and, and broaden my own professional base and, and uh, base of friends too. So um, I think it's just great. And uh, it's, it's a good bond when you can, lean on one another, pick each other's brains. Um, you know, however many alumni we have in the, in the, how many, how many alumni do we have? Stig always used to bring it up the beginning of camp.
1: Yeah, no, we have, uh, uh, I just actually had a presentation about it to the seventies group and we have 1130 living alumni um, as of today. And so, that- So
0: 1130 folks with, different backgrounds rich experiences just 1130 different brains to pick and and pull information from to help you know bolster what we got going here which is what matt tollison ben and brendan and i are all talking about which is winning at every level you know the jacks are winning in recruiting the jacks are winning in fundraising in donorship the jacks are winning in coverage and you know now we just need to take that next step and kind of build momentum um as far as the Jackrabbit Football Players Association goes, and, and understand that we're giving back um, to one another and to the squad, so I'm I'm excited about what you're doing. And, and I, stuff. I tell you what, it was really cool
1: last weekend. We had uh, uh, we gave Stig roughly fifteen thousand uh, dollars from I don't know, it 150 of us now. Uh, we gave him 15k at the beginning of the fall camp and said, man. Like we'll, we're, we're gonna keep building this. We're gonna keep building this. For those of you who are listening, for NDSU's reference, uh, they gave back their their Bison FBA gave back. I want to say it was just north of a million. It's like one point one million bucks. They have a hundred. Wow. They have a hundred percent buy in. They redid the locker room. They buy all this stuff for the guys, and it, it's a well oiled machine. Obviously, we just started this up, but nonetheless, I tell Stig, me Parker, uh, Bayer, Manette. Uh, a couple of the older guys, Steve Pierce and these guys have been around, said, hey, look, here's, you know, 15, 15,000 bucks. We're going to get better. I promise you we'll keep getting better. As a result, we actually got the CCR, the Shequin Champions Room for one football game. And um, we did we had a pretty good JFPA turnout. I think we had about 40 guys and their spouses. But what was the coolest part for me to see was our tailgate site. The JFPA site is right next to the current player's parent site. And so they came over and they were just kind of having a few beers and like, you know, why don't you guys come up? This is a networking opportunity for you guys as parents that your kids will soon be up here. Your kids will soon be with us. They'll soon be part of the JFPA. You give us hundred bucks, buy in. And I, I, Kyle, I tell you what, it was it was like a, a pancake fee. I mean, they were throwing us money left and right just to come up and experience what the brotherhood's all about. And at the end of That's the night. That's the move. It, it is you know Kubish was up here Tyler Cook Trevor Hone a lot of these guys are up here and we're sitting there we're cracking jokes having fun laughing and as we're about ready to leave uh, the guys were like you know some of the parents came up like you know this is this is remarkable even though they're four years older than you I saw you talking to Taryn Christian I saw you talking to Ona Sorge, I saw you talking to Nick Carr all these young guys like it's it's like this bond I said yeah I, it it's not like Nebraska. I've never played in Nebraska. We played against them. We should have beat them, but I I don't know anything (laughs) about it. But all I know is this is if you play for Stig, if you play for the Jacks, there's this legacy, this tradition that is, is it it can't be broken. If you saw some guy wearing a JFPA hat in Puerto Rico, you're like, wow, I already know who that dude's already about. I know what he, I know what his life is like. I know he probably played at Coughlin or the Dyke house, wherever. Like it just, you already know who this guy is. You go up, strike a conversation, you're friends. And that's, that's, that's probably the coolest part about being a part of the JFPA, helping out the JFPA, but also uh, because of Stig. I mean, it really, it comes down to Stig, his tradition, his values, his morals, his um, everything that really shaped, he's made a really big difference for a lot of guys. That's it's really cool to be a part of it.
0: I know. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of one of those things that you, you look up and as you see, year after year go by and you see the culture that they've built really get deep rooted you kind of look at it dumbfounded and and you almost pinch yourself like what the heck did this thing become and you know we're not even done we're just beginning like you said even the jfpa is just just getting getting uh geared up and and ready to go and and just kind of you know catapult itself into the next uh the next phase here and just been able to do with the philosophy, the Jackrabbit way type deal. Um, you know, the recruits he's been able to earn. Cause you know, he's not a, I don't know if everybody knows this, but he, he himself didn't play college football he just had a pure love of the game. And I think in certain instances like that, like when we were uh, a trailer coaching facility office and we had grandstand bleachers and we had the Coughlin alumni, um, a stadium up there. it was it was one of those things like if you love ball, you'll come play here. If you don't, you'll be worried about the distractions or you know whatever else you can get caught up in, you know, and and I think that you started to see that blue collar salt of the air kind of take shape as far as laying the foundation. and then they know exactly what they want. We know what we're about, and we know what we're not about. So I think that's been really awesome to see from afar because it hasn't changed.
1: it It's been a blast to see. You know, like you said, we we came up just wanting to play football, and it, I. You say what you want about Stig, uh, uh, from a coaching standpoint, maybe he has a bad call here and there, whatever, but he's brought up some serious dudes throughout the years. Oh yeah, on absolutely nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you look at Danny Batten, Jimmy Hadley, exactly Andrew Johnson, Knips, uh uh Koshart, some of these guys underneath us, even that. You know, there's no reason why they should be here. If you if you look at our field, we had to pick rocks for one whole spring practice. Like you can't the gravel pit, baby. <laughs> and, and 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 people are like, no, I can't be accurate. You're lying.
0: Like you have no idea. We didn't have hot water in the showers. Like no doors on the stalls. And this is not this is not some pity party, man. We're not like oh, we it came it came to the point where it it humbled us, man. All we wanted to do was play ball, and that's it. Cut a lot of the distractions out, but. But, yeah, man, it, it was it's really been remarkable what he's been able to do. And he plays coy a lot. He knows exactly what he's doing. If you ever get him on the board, like, he knows football, man. He, he isn't <laughs> any slouch. No,
1: he's not. And that's, uh, that's what, the, you know, like you said, love of the game for him is really, um, you know, he, he knows what's going on. He knows the defense. He knows the offense. He knows what's happening. He knows how to reach out to students. He knows how to reach out to kids. He knows how uh, uh, to be able to recruit him, to bring them on. It, it's an honor to actually say you played for him, and and even more so too. I don't know if you remember the Minnesota 0-9 pregame speech with Jimmy Rogers. For those of you who don't know, now he's a D coordinator. He was a linebacker here for years, but his whole wet socks speech. You know, we we had wet socks. We didn't have any, nothing yeah. was dry. We didn't have anything right, and that's you know to keep these kids on, to keep them coming to play. Man, it's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable what he has been able to do with really you know, kind of a shoestring budget. And now all of a sudden, I know a lot of people are like, well, wow, I got this big stadium. They got the Dykhouse Indoor Center. They got this, that, the other thing. Well, it's not like, you know, it's not like it's still free. It's not like it. Yeah, we bring in good recruits. And I, I, I was talking to a couple of kids in my class the other day. Oh, I'm going to go to Nebraska. i go up to Minnesota. I'm like, why? Well, I got to watch some football. I'm a Gopher fan. I'm a Hawkeye fan. I'm like, you know, some of these dudes out here on Saturday, they might not have the notoriety from ESPN. But we're watching some pretty damn good football that Stig has been able to bring in that, you know, uh, from Taron Christian to Ona Sorgi to Tiano to Jordan Brown to Goddard. This isn't like, you know, much as I hate uh, every other school in the state, this isn't like Augustana, this isn't like USF, this isn't like USD. Like there's some dudes playing football up here that need your help, need your
0: support. And that's, you know, kind of the background of, of the JFPA. Yeah, man, and it's definitely carried. I mean, I know you, as far as being on the outside looking in to the, to the lay fan, you're probably not going to – I mean, they do know who South Dakota State is. They have heard of us, especially dropping 41 on TCU and smacking Kansas around and getting the W there and, you know, coming a field goal short here and there against Minnesota multiple times um, back when we were what, – what did they call us in the Nebraska paper? Um, Twinkies, and then in the follow-up article, they called us Twinkies loaded with nails because we were slapping them around. It's like, it's like, you know, I, I love, I love always being the underdog. I like being slept on, um, and I think that you know, it's really interesting. You you bring it up. We were talking about Stig and his ability to really build a culture and what he's done there. Um, I talked about it on a pre. I think the the sign of an excellent coach, in my opinion, is is who you can surround yourself with, and if you look at. Just a quick check-in for the where are they now. Coach Lee, former linebacker coach, when we won a conference title in 07, Um, he's now the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Coach Meadows, our OC and O-line coach, he's now the O-line coach at Kansas, had stints at uh, Southern Miss when they did really well, Florida International – or, I'm sorry, Florida Atlantic. Then at Florida International, you had Coach Conklin, Josh Conklin, who's now uh, head coach at Wofford. But previously, he was the D coordinator at Pitt. I mean, we got guys now. Like, don't let it fool you. We we know football in South Dakota, and we ball. So,
1: <laughs> No, man, you're spot on, and that's what's cool about it. That's what I think helps out with a lot of these recruits. I mean, some of these guys, they're bringing in Kyle. I mean, they're they, – you, you know, they talk about offers. Well, we have all the Mac school offers, but I'd rather come for a half right at SDSU just because that's who you guys are. I'm like, holy hell. I mean, that, that's cool. That's awesome that – you know, you're turning down some of these big schools. We had some guys that turned down. You know, Wyoming turned down Air Force because they yeah. had, they know that hey, look, if I if I can go to SDSU, it's a snot nose mentality. It's a it's a hard, uh, drawn out fight mentality. I go up there, I start for four years, I put my name out there on the list that yeah, you know, you might have a chance to play in the NFL now because now all of a sudden you've earned your stripes, and That's what that's what Stig is built. That's what, in my opinion. What's what the team that really turned uh, the ship, and I, much as it pains me to say it, just because I know a lot of guys on the team, uh, was that 07 crew, right? When we beat, yeah, uh, NDSU at home when they're the number one team, they beat up on Minnesota pretty bad. They beat up on Central Michigan, but the guys that Stig yeah. brought in um, at that year, and all of a sudden now, I mean, it's it's a well-oiled machine up here. It's it's fun to be a part of.
0: Yeah, and it's cool to see that you know now championships and the playoffs are the standard and national title is the expectation. Well, I've mentioned it before. Why are you, get, why are you going to go to some, you know, overlooked bowl game that maybe, you know, a couple of hundred thousand people watch just as background noise during their holiday season, where you can instead go to an FCS power that's going to play more games because they're going to get opportunities to play games through a solidified oh, yeah. playoff system. Or, you know, and play for national titles, or you can go to, to a lackluster bowl. Why, I mean, what are you going to choose? Exactly. You know? Well,
1: exactly. And why would you want to be a part of some, you know, jalopy Mac school or some low level Big 10 or low level Big 12 And you could go up and be at the top of the top, a top three team every single year? And like you said, you know, you actually go play in the playoffs. You actually can go play all these games where you are the underdog. So you could make a statement by, Punching some dude in the mouth by making a making a difference. Why would you? Why would you go play for some of these crappy schools? Why would you want to do that, right? And so, no, it's, exactly. It's it's, it's it's the mentality. It's the embodiment of what Stig has built uh, from the D two phase up to the Division one. I. I mean, there was a big push that you know, Stig can't coach at Division one. SDSU shouldn't be Division one. Now all of a sudden, it's like you know, we should be winning Natty titles. We should be doing that every single year. That's there's no doubt about it. We've been so dang close every single year. And I know close only matters in horseshoes and hand grenades, but from now on, man, I mean that's that's the expectation.
0: Yeah, man. And, you know, if if we uh, if we look at it, you know, moving forward, I, I really think the sky is the limit in terms of, you know, winning at every level. If we start to get the JFPA um, built up, get that message broadcast out there. I mean, I mean, who knows? Look at the types of recruits we're getting in. Um, pulling from all over and kind of one thing I wanted to highlight just in, in talking about, you know, where you want to go, what you want to be a part of. If you're a young kid from South Dakota, I mean, speak to your experience. What's it like playing for your hometown squad build something that's and
1: that's, I I cannot emphasize this point enough. It there growing up in South Dakota, growing up in Sioux falls, you know, you always hear about the Coyotes. You always hear about the Jacks, the Wolves, all this stuff. But everybody knows. Everybody knows there's only one team in the state that actually matters. Everybody knows this is where I want to go to school, and it's you know whether it be academic-based, pharmacy, nursing, engineering, business, whatever. But everybody knows in their gut that if you want to if you want to play for any Division One university in the state, it's at SDSU. There's no doubt about it. No ifs ands buts. And so now all of a sudden you get a lot of these Sioux Falls kids that. For years, ah, South Dakota can't play football. South Dakota can't do this. South Dakota can't do that. Uh, every single there, every single person there has been a bust. Yada yada yada. Insert excuse. Well, now all of a sudden, you got guys, um, the Yankee Twins up here, the Eddie Millers of the world, the Preston Tetzloffs of the world. That, hey, you know, if we want to play for the premier school in South Dakota and make our name, uh, make a name known for us. We're going to SDSU. You're not going to USD. You're not going to go to Augustana. You're not going to go to Black Hills State or whatever it is. You're going to SDSU. And so if I have a lot of these guys, there's some damn good football being played in Sioux Falls. If you want to go play for a natty, if you want to go make a difference for the state, go actually have an opportunity to play for a natty, you're going to SDSU. So to change the whole mindset, to change this whole argument that there is no football to be played in South Dakota, man, like now all of a sudden – you know, think about if you were a recruit at the Minnesota game, and you were from Sioux Falls, Washington, uh, Sioux Falls, Lincoln. Throw a hill into a little shout out. Where, where <laughs> would you go? Right, you're going to watch Minnesota. We just we beat them left and right. Even though on the scoreboard, they finally they took us late, but we had more yards. We had more. T- we had all this stuff. We we were the better team, no doubt. Where are you going? You know, like I go play for a crappy Big Ten Minnesota team that can't seem to get their groove going or I go to SDSU, I can make a difference. I could change. I could change uh, the whole dynamic that now Minnesota is not going to schedule us anymore. Now Iowa State's not going to schedule us because now they know uh, who we are. And so, yeah, no, it's been fun. It's been fun to, um, to see where we came from, the old trailers where you had you, know, you had red X's where you can and cannot step in the old trailer, <laughs> trailer rooms to where they have now, where they have helmet uh, cooling pads. I mean, it's insane. Absolutely insane. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. And, you know, you're starting to really see that carry over into conversions too. Cause I remember like when we were, when we were playing ball, like uh, probably 2008, 2009 ish, some of those super (laughs) recruits that were big, big names were kind of trickling elsewhere here and there. We were winning some, uh, but, but now it's like, you look, you look throughout the, uh, The rosters, and it's like Sioux Falls, Washington, Roosevelt, you got O'Gorman, you know, we're really cleaning house in the Sioux Falls area, which we need to, you need to win where you're at. And I think that that's been a great uh, nod to the whole approach as far as recruiting goes is winning the state because it's a blue state and it'll always be a blue state. Um, And then as far as, you know, winning those other elite athletes that you think can really be a significant piece to the puzzle is, is clutch too. Like we're, we've got the Nebraska Jacks pipeline. Do you want to go compete for low level, big 10, you know, opportunities and, and things like that in Nebraska, or do you want to come to South Dakota state and compete for a natty? I mean, it's just, the formula is already laid out in front of you. And if you're going to, if you're a tweener, you want to go play special teams at Nebraska, like some of our teammates who, who left us and, and would go walk on in Nebraska, try to earn their stripes. I'll never knock a guy for that. But keep it in perspective and understand your opportunity. And, you know, there's a formula to this thing. And and I like the formula that we're putting together at State. So, yeah, I I love it.
1: And, you know, you're spot on with a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, we got to win where we're at. You got to win the Sioux Falls market. You got to win the the, the Rapid City market. And I think Stig's done, and a lot of the coaches too. I mean, give them some credit the Dan Jacksons of the world, the uh, Christian Smiths of the world, the Lujans of the world, where they're going out to, you know, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of where Xavier Ward's from. Canastota, I believe. And then you got guys from uh, Winter with Krakow, Krolikowski. A lot of these guys that would typically fall through the cracks without having huddle, without having all these names out there. But these guys can play football. There's no doubt about it, right? And so it, it's it, it's remarkable to see how they've been winning the entire state uh, they've been actually pulling in the best recruits, and yeah, know, yeah, you want to go play for Nebraska? I, I get it, right? You're gonna go play for Memorial Stadium, you're gonna go play for Scott Frost, and all this, but you know, I, at some point, if you're a tweener, if if you really love football, man, it, you're not gonna find a better program than SDSU and uh, Missouri Valley, man.
0: Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, switching gears a little bit, here, keep it up, make it a little lighter. You and I, I feel like we're we're trying to you all we can to strap the pads on again or something here you got the eye black i mean send it my way um but so you know when you're around guys 24 7 and you're in the locker room and you're on the football field you're in class funny stories emerge right like just hilarity ensues what are some of your um fondest memories and what is uh one of the funniest stories that you could tell on air remember that <laughs> on air keep it uh <laughs> probably PG 13. I guess we get flirt with that a little bit.
1: You know, there's, there's a lot that goes through my head right now. Uh, a lot of them, you know, like this is the best part about this is that a lot of them come from the guys come from, you know, whether it be late nights in the summer, whether it be uh, long days on the bus, whatever it is, it, it gets to be fun. My, you know, I, I got memories. I got memories of, uh, uh, of, of trying to talk to Witzman on the line. I got memories of talking to Parker. I got memories of listening to Big Mitch tell stories and, uh, listening to Kubish and Jimmy go at it. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably say, uh, one of the better stories I got in it to keep it as, as PG as possible. Uh, for those of you guys listening, we, we used to have to do a senior skit <laughs> and we, during fall camp, trying to lighten the mood up. And I don't know if you remember, Kyle, but we did the old, uh, uh, uh what was it? Nick Fartley. Byer played Nick Fartley. They're following us around a lot. Oh, that was
0: classic.
1: And we made fun of everybody from Mike Lean to Domino to uh, Dirk Cool to General to all these Oh, guys. nobody's and, safe. Nobody's no, safe. Nope, nope, nobody. Absolutely nobody is safe. And that was, to me, where you actually got to be with the seniors again. You know, the guys that actually made through. Um, that, to me, was probably one of my fonder memories is just sitting there kind of shooting the breeze and making some stupid video that Stig, you know, bless his heart. He, he didn't get half the, half the jokes just cause he, he I'm, I'm glad he didn't. I should, maybe I should say that. I'm glad he didn't get half the jokes because some yes, of them were exactly. pretty, but that, you know, between that, then, uh, you know, give a little love to, to Seth Daughters and to John Fix, Tyrell Cools of the world. You know, every single year we go out to Rattlesnake Butte to shoot pheasants and I wouldn't have known, well, I wouldn't have known you, I wouldn't have known half these guys if it was not for Stig. And so some of these stories that, you know, shooting pheasants, going to, to Dallas, South Dakota, for those of you who know, you know. Um, it, it's just been, I mean, to keep it as, as light as possible, it's it's just been fun. It's been fun to hang out with the guys. It's even more fun now that some of the stories emerge, They they, they keep getting a little more wild and wild, but... <laughs>
0: You know, we'll save those for another time. But yeah, I man, I couldn't agree more. I, I think one of the, I mean, there's a lot to pull from. But you know, what I would ask you, and, and what you might say in response, is for me, it was the bus rides with, um, and you know, it's always broken down. It, it kind of silos in, in football once you hit the collegiate level. Like defensive bus, it's all defensive guys. Offensive bus is all the offensive guys. When you're when you're uh, transported to a road game, but For those of you who don't know, Kyle Minnette, All-American running back, was McKnight, my running back, when we were playing there. He's an incredibly intelligent kid, and he would get into – uh, debates with people, but if you ever made Manette laugh, good grief, <laughs> that would just make everybody laugh even harder because that kid has a world class laugh. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so, don't take my word for it. I guess you had to be there, but uh, if you ever run across Kyle Manette, try to uh, try to get him to give you a little laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, You'd I can a real knee slapper. I can attest to that.
1: He's got a good laugh, he's got a great personality, just a great, great human being, and that's that is accurate. He's got uh, if you ain't laughing if he's laughing you got some issue with you man like he's that's just who he is it's it is funny it is funny
0: that's good stuff man well great ryan i i really appreciate your time man let's uh let's hammer this this down real quick again if people want to get in touch with the jackrabbit football players association if you're a former alumni or or uh you know just want to do your part to help out um how can they get in touch with you?
1: Yes. Find
0: me on Facebook, Ryan McKnight. You could
1: even uh, look up the uh, JFPA. we got a Facebook page. Uh, I'll give some love to Ona Sorgi. Um, You know, he's he was a, I think he was a three-time All-American center after I got out of there. Uh, Remington Award winner, all that kind of stuff. One of the best dudes that you can ever meet in your life. His girlfriend, um, is, she actually created a whole website for us. That will hopefully be up by the time this podcast gets out. Uh, but otherwise, you know, send me an email, jackrabbitfpa at gmail.com. Um, again, Ryan McKnight, JFPA on Facebook. Uh, you reach out to Alex Parker. He's the secretary. Uh, there's there's a lot of ways to get a hold of us. The, the best way, I mean, you can give him my cell phone. Just find some old players. There's, there, we got 150 right now that are currently active in the JFPA um we need everybody we need all hands on decks i think if i could if i could stress anything and i appreciate you guys having me come on and, and kind of tell some old war stories and kind of do some of this old stuff but that I, we can't play anymore yeah, i i can't I've, I've, it's been a decade since i put on the pads and i actually put my helmet on for the first time in probably four years my head still hurts now but we can't do anything <laughs> the only thing we could do to help out is give back somewhat financially and i and i was so damn sick of my money if I give it to, you know, the foundation, if I give it to whoever else, you know, bless their heart, they got their own thing, I can understand, but, you know, maybe five, ten bucks would go back to the state. This whole concept of the JFPA, we're not making a single cent. We're not, you know, pocketing any of this. Every single dollar we raise, every single donation that we get in, all of that literally goes to the football team. I can promise you that. I can tell you that time and time again. We got a golf tournament, we got a pheasant hunt coming up, we got some... Uh, ice fishing stuff going on every single thing that you give to us will go back and make a difference for stig and the football team and so i i hope you guys join i hope you be a part of this i hope you can yeah you know, the 1130 living alums i i get it we can't get everybody but if we get a thousand people we could really make a difference for stig help them pay for scholarships help them pay for uh, meals at night help them pay for some of these things that we never got But in order for us to win a national title, uh, they need, absolutely need. And so if you don't believe me, look up the BisonFPA.com or .org or whatever it is. This is where they're at. I I, Man, I insert expletive here. I (laughs) absolutely hate the Bison with all my heart and soul. We have to be better than them. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah, no. uh, Ryan, Ryan McKnight on Facebook, JFPA on Facebook. If, you, if you're still lost, email Stig, he'll kick you over to me. So He'll get
0: you connected. Absolutely. Ryan, um, I think another thing to, to note here, too, is not only is this are, are these dollars, if, if, if you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, not as connected with the football team anymore, don't really know any of the recruits, don't live in South Dakota. You know, I'm out here in Texas. I'm just doing what I can to give back to the organization. I love the game of football think of your dollars is going to develop these young men who might not have otherwise had any opportunity or any, any path forward to do something um, outside of high school with their lives. Think of it as a way to (laughs) keep them fed at the level they need to be fed when they're busting it um, in the classroom, on the field, trying to maintain weight because coach Mo is definitely going to, you know, do what he can to pound on them and make sure they're prepared and resilient and ready to go. But, uh, you know, it takes a lot to feed these 605 hogs and the, the beast of an interior D line we got now and <laughs> blowing like he's been using, you know, the best conditioner available. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of backing. So and keep it, keep it in mind. Um, and there's great stuff you guys do too, right? Like you're doing golf tournaments yeah. and things of that nature and just getting people, organizing together man and that, that's you know kind of hitting on
1: that too i mean keep in mind you know stig loves it and stig wants to help out any which way he can because this is stuff that these are former brothers former uh, people that he's coached that are his friends his family Because that's what we are we're a big family and so if, if you do join up you'll get a nice yeti mug you get the opportunity to buy all this team issued gear that you know it, i know you and me kyle we we didn't get that stuff we had you know a couple of shirts <laughs> and some old shorts that probably were the wrong size right well, now all of a sudden, hey, look, any dollar, there's anything you give to us, we'll give you a Yeti mug if you want to buy some team-issued gear. All of that money goes to the DMC, the the, the Difference Makers Club. And so literally every single opportunity you can will give you an opportunity to, to to get some cool stuff. And also for the golf tournament, you know, Stig opened up and said, yeah, you could have my office for a game. You have sideline passes for a game. You have some club seats for a game. If you want to do this, do that. Like all we're trying to do... It's trying to get more guys to come back. And I know you can't make it to every game, especially you being in Texas, but it, it it's, it's stuff that we need. It's stuff that we need to be able to grow, to go from, you know, a, a, a top five team to the number one team. There's no doubt about it.
0: Indeed, man. Ryan, thanks so much, man, for your passion, your support, and highlighting the Jackrabbit Football Players Association here. I'm excited for what the Jacks are doing on the field so far this year and the things to come. Love you, buddy. Um, hopefully all you guys are still enjoying the podcast. If you want to connect with us and engage with us on Twitter, Kyle underscore Sheehan. That's me. You can DM me. Um, you can DM Matt Tollefson, um at Jackrabbit Illustrated on Twitter. And then Ben and Brendan are also there. Um, you can check them out at their Twitter, Twitter handles on the next pod coming up this week. Um, appreciate you guys so much. Go big, go blue, go Jacks.
2: of the splitting hairs podcast by jackrabbit illustrated uh you have matt and kyle here with you again today kyle how you doing
0: feeling, feeling good
2: deep? ready to get into hobo week absolutely yes and so kyle the listeners uh just got kind of a treat from you uh got to listen to your conversation with uh the jackrabbit former players association leader uh ryan mcknight uh any, any thoughts on that at this point?
0: Yeah, it was exciting. You know, It was good to catch up with Ryan. He's done a lot of great things since we both uh, hung up the pads. Uh, sounds like he's got things well-oiled as far as his career is going, his family life is going, and we dove into some good stuff. So hopefully you all enjoyed that and uh, really some exciting things uh, coming down the pipe as far as the JFPA is concerned and, and really for the blue and yellow
2: as a whole. So look forward to that to come out. Good. Yes. I, uh, thank you for that time, Ryan. Thank you for making the time to talk to Kyle and, and, uh, your support of Jack Garbage Illustrated and what we're trying to do here. So appreciate it. So let's get in. As you mentioned, Hobo week, the, the best day or Hobo day is the best day. Hobo week is the best week of the year. And, uh, some of the things during Hobo week def- make, definitely make me miss being a student. Uh, for sure, I'm not sure how much you got to enjoy that, Kyle. But as a non-athlete or a non-player, it was a great week. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> playing the fifth. I definitely uh, we shaved. We didn't shave for a while. You know, that
0: was <laughs> the one thing. Hey, when I first uh, got to state, it was something like the New York Yankees uh, protocol where we weren't shave, or we would we would have to shave, or they would like us to shave. It was kind of a The unwritten rule that you better shave, uh, especially on business trips or away games. Um, You better take care of yourself, make sure you're clean cut, getting to class on time, things of that nature. Um, Same goes as far as class during Hobo Week, but we're allowed to be a little more scruffy, you know, honor the heritage that is the uh, weary Will and uh, dirty Lil out there and, you know, Mm -hmm. pay homage to them and the culture. So it's kind of cool uh, to experience that. Even Stig gets involved. Uh, I believe I saw your tweet. Out, it's good. To, good to see Dallas Goddard rocking his uh, healthy beard, and some, <laughs> yeah. some scruff as he's balling. And uh, how'd you feel about that, Matt? A little bittersweet. A little, yeah. Uh, the cheeseheads got, uh, uh, you know, got a little taste <laughs> of uh, of the L column there.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm a Packers fan, and uh, Kyle's Kyle's a Vikings fan. So don't remind yeah. me after today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm happy for Dallas. Like he grew up a Packer fan, right? So, so for him to get to do a Lambo leap, that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily enjoyed seeing him uh, dominate <laughs> on those on those wham blocks. I All gotta time, say, man, like, the whole game. My goodness,
0: oh, indeed. And it was, you know, as a former primary blocker, that was what my job was. I was I was more excited to watch him swipe or crack back on the D tackle there. And just decleat him. I mean, ah. he, he, he is putting on a clinic. So hat tip to uh, Coach Schleichner and Coach Eck and whoever's worked with him in the past, Coach Moore, whomever. Um, just getting him ready to play. Obviously, the coaching staff there in Philly. But he he absolutely. His feet are underneath him. His hands. His leg drive. It, in, and if you guys if you guys want to understand football, Philly's putting on a clinic as far as. Their communication across the line. I don't. I don't care if you're a fan of the Eagles or not. Their communication across the line. Watching how they they check stuff. They get into the proper play. It's just an absolute clinic. So it's good to see uh, former Blue and
2: Yellow tight end doing work there. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. You know, uh, I was starting to get over it, but uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but no. It was honestly, it was really cool to see Dallas um, dominate. I think that was a great great performance by him and opened a lot of eyes, even if it wasn't uh, necessarily all in the, all in the passing game. Uh, he was just Let me dominant put you
0: on the spot here, Matt. Did you expect him to block at the level he is going into the league?
2: Uh, no. Um, yeah. Like I, mean... I, I think talking to coach Eck and coach Sleisner about him, uh, they, they were really like, he can block, he can block. Like they really, they, I, th- I feel they authentically believed it. Um, I don't know if they expected him to be this dominant either. Um, it's just our offense, he didn't, he wasn't asked to block, he was asked to be a weapon and score touchdowns. That's the point right there. I mean, yeah, I
0: mean, when you're only asked to do what you're asked to do, you can only excel within that scope. So, it was, I mean, it's been incredible because, like, I mean, he last year in the playoffs, he had Mac on skates and was blocking him 10 15 yards downfield whether it was front side backside run I mean he was doing an incredible job and then this week I mean he take he took another step and he's just bodying guys he's got a body count stacking up here just yeah for pancakes and and I didn't I didn't see that coming I gotta say I don't I, I would call anyone a liar who said they they anticipated that but that's just a, a nod to him and in, in trying to get better and wanting to take want to take his game to the next level and be a more complete tight end so it's cool to see the jacks do that and see guys who are wearing blue and yellow Excel at the next level.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, good. So, let's get into Southern Illinois here and talk. We're going to start with their offense today. And you said you've done, done a little bit of digging on their offense. What would you find? Well, Stone Labanowitz and
0: Coray Lyles, I feel like Dorothy Mantooth might even suit up for them. Um, that's a little uh, old, uh, old, or not old school, but uh, Anchorman reference. Uh huh. Uh huh. For uh-huh. you, Will Ferrell fans, but uh, but yeah, man. Some uh, they got some A list names, but Stone Labanowitz. I watched him play against Tennessee Martin. Um, you know, he he only took a series, he got a shoulder injury there, and then you have Corray Lyles stepping in. Now he's an interesting story, right? So his dad, Kevin, played at Wisconsin quarterback and tight end back in the day. His brother plays there currently as an offensive-defensive line kind of hybrid, bouncing back and forth. He was a Scottsdale Community College transfer. You know, if you know, if you're familiar with the Jacks over the past 10 years or so, we definitely dipped into the Arizona area with, you know, Coach Rogers being from Hamilton High School and Danny Batten being a draft pick coming out of the Chandler area and the Gilbert area over there. So, um, you know, there is some talent there, absolutely. So, in his his first career pass of the game against Tennessee Martin was a pick. Um, They were able to come back from a 14-0 deficit and get that W-28-14 win a couple weeks ago against them. Um, They do have some nice skill players. So, Javon Williams is their wildcat running back. So, they're going to run a pistol offense, which is very similar to what South Dakota State runs as far as some of their packages So it's going to be great for our defense who's familiar with that type of a scheme. Um, They do uh, like to run the ball, but but their their head coach, Coach Hill, is a former quarterback. So they will probably try to move the ball downfield through the air. But in terms of um, preparation, knowing what you're going to get, knowing uh, kind of – cohesive plan of attack. As far as the D is concerned, that's going to be nice. We're getting into conference play, so that's going to be good too. Um seeing DJ Davis back there at running back. He does some nice things. He does have some skill, um, but uh, overall, you know, they have, they do have a nice win on their resume with an FBS win, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't get too carried away with that as UMass is kind of a glorified FCS product. Really? Yeah. Uh, if we're being frank. And then they did drop one to SEMO, who was ranked to start the year. But, uh, you know, I'm not too sure how to interpret that. And then they lost to Arkansas State at Arkansas State, which got absolutely drubbed by Georgia the week before. Um, didn't even score a point. So, you know, I think it, in terms of talent, South Dakota State's going to have them on both sides of the ball. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts uh, as far as the offense goes?
2: Yeah, so they uh, – I mean, they have some talent. And along the offensive line, uh, you know, Die Jr., uh, Ferkron, and Marnin have uh, started a lot of games for them. Uh, they're, they're returning starters. Uh, Martin started over 30 games, I think, for them, 32, yeah. And so there's some experience there. The right side, though, is completely new. Uh, DJ Davis and Landon Lenore are the two names that obviously jump out. To Jackrabbit fans, they've made a lot of plays. Uh, and you mentioned, it's funny, you started with Lyles and mentioned him because the Jacks were tied to Lyles, um, in the rumor market, you know, last January as, a, as one of the potential quarterbacks that we were looking at bringing in. And, uh, he didn't end up here, obviously he chose Southern Illinois. So maybe a better opportunity for him to see the field. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting now that he's ascended to be the starter, um, and I think those of us that were really watching um, are, are a little bit nervous because he's a playmaker. He showed some playmaking ability definitely at Scottsdale. Um, and so we'll see. I, I'm excited. Uh, their offense, again, is, uh, like you mentioned, it can be dynamic. It can be, um, you know, uh, it can be stress, stressful for the defense. Um, we'll see how much they watch that Southern Utah tape and try to dink and dunk their way down the field and maybe hope for a little more success in the red zone. Uh, so, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm excited to see them again. Uh, it's, it's kind of a fun group, uh, to play. Uh, their offense is always always explosive. So yeah, should be a fun, fun Hobo day, at least from that standpoint. So.
0: Yeah. It seems like it's pretty wide open a lot like us. I did see, you know, they ran a diamondback type formation, but it was out of the wildcat, you know, so it wasn't a true diamondback. Um, but, you know, we've seen that against North Dakota State and the like. But um, I think in terms of talent, they are going to have some out there. They are going to – you know, they got some decent skilled players mm-hmm. uh, at the at those positions wide out. But I think overall, if we just, uh, you know, adhere to our responsibilities, make sure we rally tackle, get to the ball, um, they're going to try to establish the run just so that they're not too one-dimensional Um I just I think we can keep them contained. I think that yeah, you know, top to bottom, our depth overall and in, in the speed of our defense, our team defensive speed, I think is just going to overwhelm them. Um, yeah. If I had to guess, uh, as long as as long as we can uh, do our 111th and try to take the ball away, uh, you know, force some turnovers, get them in long uh, behind the chain situations, I think we're going to be set to jet as far as everything goes uh, from the defensive side of the ball. Um, but what do you take uh, as far as them on on defense
2: well yeah the the two names that you need to know uh defensive end Anthony Knighton has, yep. has really been a menace the last couple of years I believe he is All Valley last year 64 260 uh, I mean there's there's already been attention paid to him for potential pro pro prospects um, he's a heck of a player and then jeremy Chin. He's back at safety after a year at corner. Um, And Jeremy Chin's on on all the radars. You know, uh, uh, Nagy for the Senior Bowl has been tweeting about Chin a couple times. Um, You know, with that versatility, having played corner for about a year and a half and now being back in his natural position at safety. um, You know, he's a real playmaker, 6'3", 2'12", good ball skills. And so those two, you know, having a good defensive end and then kind of a a great strong safety Um, should be interesting. I'm excited to see those two. Um, Cody Kreider is a tackling machine from his linebacker position. Um, A couple other players. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Another player, Bryce Notree was a heck of a player for him last year, but it appears he got hurt um, out of his linebacker position. And, you know, I don't know if he'll be back for this week or not. I'm not sure the extent of his injury. So,
0: yeah, you know, uh, Anthony Knight, number 11 there. He's got great size. Um, he's got really good strength at the point of contact. Definitely look for him to be someone we need to keep an eye on as far as making sure we put a body on him, um, make sure we can lay on him in terms of that, that's offensive speak for getting a body on him and, and uh, trying to move him and get up to the second level. I would say that, you know, they do have a new D-line coach, new defensive coordinator, um, they basically have a quasi four three or what is a four two five. So for the the average listener out there who might not know what that means, that just basically means we got four down linemen, uh, two true linebackers, and five defensive backs. So like a nickel, if you want to think of it in the, in terms of that. So I like playing defenses like that. When we played Southern Illinois back in the day, they were a multiple defense, a lot of three four looks just just a lot of stuff like a lot of stunts a lot of different weird blitzes and and just things that they would throw at you to try to keep you off guard a lot of smoke and mirrors like coach meadows used to call it Yep. and uh what you want to do with that four two five run right at it if you got an undersized linebacker in there just get a body on him so that he's not filling uh and fitting the gaps um that you're leaving unaccounted for get a body on him and then just uh move those chains because that's that's the name of the game. The Jacks will definitely want to establish the run with our bevy of backs that we've got, um, sprinkling the pass game, maybe get the ball out on the edge quickly, let those guys work in space, and,
2: uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, you know, that's exactly right. So, you know, size-wise, again, we have the advantage on size. Um, you know, looking at these linebackers, um, their D tackle, I remember this guy from last year, uh, Malik Haynes. 511, uh, 334, <laughs> number 90. So he started all it's 10 huge. games. Yeah. So, so we don't see that many, you know, 330 pound defensive tackles um, throughout the year. And so we'll see. Uh, our interior um, was maybe the shaky part of our offensive line in the non conference play. And we'll see how they, how they've uh, handled improvement week. So,
0: yeah, and, you know, I heard Coach Eck on Twitter uh, highlighting some of the things I want to work on. Obviously, uh, we want to be better in the turnover margin game. But something that we kind of touched on but didn't address as specifically as he brought up is starting the game fast. You know, we want to get up on them quickly. We want put to put the pressure on them uh, to really feel like they've got to score, especially at an away game. Um, the crowd's going to be jumping because it's hobo day. And uh, all the festivities that surround that are gonna create a lot more excitement. Uh, The student section's been popping this year. And and to be honest, we've taken a step each week so far, as far as attendance is concerned. So I I really like what we're doing there. Matt and I have talked about it a lot. It's like winning at every level, whether it be, you know, attendance, uh, donorship, the product on the field, we wanna win at every level here at State. So keep up the good work. Any students that are listening to this, we, we love the support. We love what you guys are doing. And then, uh, you know, I think that only help, help the atmosphere, put the pressure on the opposing squad. So, what yeah. to get up quickly, like Kochak talked about. And what are your thoughts? What do you want to see this week, Matt?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, so, I do need to go back just one second and mention. Yep. Um, you, we, we mentioned him when we were talking about offense. Um, but DJ Davis is just a tremendous special teams player. Yeah. Um, on punt and kick returns, he has the chance to either flip the field or score a touchdown on mm-hmm. anytime he touches the ball. So I, I hope that's like a, a personal challenge to our coverage units to not let him have a big game-changing return um, because he has that potential every time he gets it on one of those return opportunities. Um, yeah, and we've,
0: and we've seen the impact special team makes, so we know, we know about that.
2: Yeah. So what I'm looking for this week is a, a, a complete performance. You know, I want to see four quarters stacked together of, of jackrabbit football. And what you absolutely mentioned and what Coach Eck mentioned is is 100% correct, in my opinion. Uh, that's, that's starting fast, and that's something we just haven't seen this year, um, at least not out of the offense. And, and I think they're fully capable. I'd love to see them come out with a script um, this week and really, really take advantage of it. Jump on them early, um, make them chase. And, uh, you know, let our defense play aggressive and and pin their ears back and get after this, uh, this new quarterback.
0: Yeah, I think we'll be able to force him off his spots, disrupt his timing. I I really do believe that the Jacks have one of, if not the best defensive lines in the nation. Now, that that doesn't mean anything if we don't get it done in Valley play, because because the Valley is the standard. In um, watching one of the publications of SIU this year, some of the announcers were saying it's the SEC of the <laughs> FCS. And it, and, it, and it really is. It has been for some time now um, with some seasons being able to kind of be exchanged with the CAA there, I believe. And, and, you know, hit or miss with the big skies, they're kind of top heavy some years. But, but overall, it's a, such a quality conference. We need to get it done. We need to get it done at home. And, uh, you know, like you said, like Coach X said, we need to apply the pressure early. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm not sure if Romier Elliott is available, but he's kind of, a, you know, one of the freshmen that they thought was going to be a pretty explosive playmaker for him. Um, I'm not sure if he's done for the year or not, but uh, I haven't heard too much about him. But, you know, whoever whoever suits up and whoever is on the field for the Jacks, they just need to, you know, rally tackle, continue to do what they've done in uh, in out of conference play and uh, get that ball uh, back to the offense so they can do their work.
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm predicting, I think uh, something along the lines of like, a, judging with the weather too, it's not supposed to be the nicest day. Something like 38 to 14, something like that is my prediction. Oh,
0: nice. That's uh, yeah. I We were close. I felt like I was going to be close before with those missed field goals. Um, I'm not disappointed that, that Southern Utah shanked them or got them blocked or whatever happened, but uh but you were spot on with your prediction last week. What was it, thirty-five-seven or so? Yeah, up, yep. We ended up doing doing the job there. But um, if I had to guess, what I saw, we had improvement week. If we take the steps we need to take, I'm gonna go thirty-five, ten. All right. Yeah, thirty-five, ten, Jacks for sure. Um, I think that we're just gonna be too much on the ground. I think that uh, – I think they they might move the ball here and there. I think they're going to dink and dunk. Yep. I, I really – I I would be shocked if they – I mean, they're going to take try to take some shots downfield, but um, I think overall they're going to try to, you know, not go broke by taking a profit, but that's just not going to get it done. And uh, I think we're going to smother them on defense. Defense is going to lead again. I'm interested to see what happens on special teams. Um, they did seem – like, they had some some holes in their armor as far as uh, coverage on, on special teams. Like, they got guys that are running down a little bit reckless on kickoff um, where we might be able to exploit that on KOR. Um, we'll see about punt. dinkel has been doing an excellent job flipping the field. You know, we've been doing a really good job top to bottom. Now let's see, like you've said, Matt, like we got to put a, together a complete game.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be – Uh, I mean, hopefully it's not pouring rain, man. I hope it's not pouring rain, Um, but the crowd's going to be electric. Hobo day always is. Uh, And hopefully the players respond. You know, there's this, uh, this kind of misconception that we lay an egg on hobo day. I know the B squad was talking about it last week Um, and I'll have some numbers on at least like the last 10 years where we've actually been pretty good on hobo day. Uh, yeah. a couple, a couple stinkers here and there um, but overall we're we're doing all right so uh excited excited to to see everyone. I know it's always a huge game when people come back so uh, should be a good day.
0: Yeah, you're at home again we we're finishing up this nice little leg of of uh, home competition and really what is a glorified away game uh, which which is kind of like a home game out there at the u to start the season so you know, we've been in we've been in friendly confines for a while now, so we just need to finish strong. Uh really give ourselves a springboard heading into further valley play. I'm excited, man. Are you uh are you going to be present for the game?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we are uh we're actually cooking fajitas for t- tailgating this week, so uh should be good. Nice. Nice. I know Ben and Brendan will be there and
0: in rowdy and ruckus as ever. So exactly. It'll be, it'll be fun. I'll be there in spirit, but uh, I'll be uh, I'll definitely be taking my notes and and seeing
2: what uh, seeing what excitement I can generate from here. Good, good. Um, well, just then as a as kind of a heads up for our listeners, uh, you know, at the at the first part of this episode, Kyle interviewed Ryan. Um, and now this back half of this episode, I'm actually going to be talking about the 2020 uh, verbals that we have so far at this point. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that 14 of them were in the house uh, for Southern Utah uh, the week before against Drake. Uh, one of the verbals was there for his official. Um, and the next couple of weeks, there'll be more and more coming through. So uh, this 2020 class, uh, if I could, Sum it up in two words is um, athletic and versatile. Uh, They can play all over the field and they fly. So I'm (laughs) so excited to see them get to Brookings, that's for sure. I know
0: you're getting hyped on social media, so I'm I'm, uh, curious to see what (laughs) they do when they strap it on. But I I just want to say, too, man, I got a chance to watch uh, former offensive coordinator and O-line coach, Coach Meadows, um, down here uh, in Fort Worth this past weekend while Jack's on improvement week. Um, it wasn't, wasn't the best showing in the world as they, as they enter into the rebuild in Kansas, but, um, just even chatting with him, you know, it's amazing the culture that's been built at state, you know, he, he was kind of wide-eyed about it and we are both kind of just looking back dumbfounded about what's been built there. I know we've touched on it plenty in our episodes, but it can't be said enough, man. Um, it sounds like we're beating a drum, but, it absolutely, it is what it is. It's a, it's a remarkable place. Things that have been done there just continue to skyrocket and uh, put the Jacks on the map to where um, they're known in places that you wouldn't think they would be. So yep. if you're a recruit, if you're a parent, come see what it's about. And uh,
2: never know. You never know what could be done in blue and yellow. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Happy Hobo Week, everyone. Go Jacks. Run Rabbits. All right. So for this segment, I'm going to be diving into the class of 2020 recruiting group for football. And I've mentioned it a couple times. I know I've mentioned it on the blog. I've done a a summary on the blog of where we're at, but I absolutely love this class. They're fast, they're big, they're versatile, and I cannot wait to get them in Brookings. Uh, A majority of them verbald in June, July, this summer, and there's slowly been kind of a trickle in as the class rounds out uh, throughout the rest of the summer and now into fall. And I am just, again, really excited about the talent level on both sides, but I'm going to kick it off with the offense on this for for tonight. I'll, I'll talk about the offense first, and then we'll dive into the defense and then get into the two special teams players we have, uh, which which are just going to be huge additions. So so first, let's talk about the offense and quarterback. Uh, Mark Gronowski is the leader of the group. Uh, 6'4", 210, 215, somewhere in that range. And this guy is special, I think. Uh, he has a heck of an arm, and he is really athletic and can make uh, make plays with his feet. Uh, I think a, a real true dual threat Uh but, but his arm is just really impressive. Um, one of his teammates is uh, Southern Illinois. Uh, commit for them at wide receiver, and they're a pretty nice tandem, that's for sure. And, uh, and Mark, uh, just again, is really able to put, make all the different throws that you need to make. Looks like he has, can really bomb it downfield, but has some nice touch on the, on the short and intermediate routes. That you need Uh, really good awareness looks like a strong leader Uh, so I'm just excited to get him in Brookings Uh, running back of the class is Isaiah Davis and if you haven't watched Isaiah's film yet please do this guy is a bull and uh, at camp he was there and just ran over folks Um, the The prospect camp at SDSU is where where they say to go uh, to to really earn your offer, and Isaiah was there and just was un- They couldn't tackle him. Uh, the The opposing players uh, just uh, couldn't handle him. So I'm excited about that and his senior year here. What he's putting on tape is just remarkable. Uh, he he really really uh showing elusiveness that i didn't necessarily expect Uh, he is a power back um, but he's showing this year that he has some speed uh, to go with it and and has been outrunning defenders that's maybe something i didn't see on his junior year film uh, but senior year so far he definitely is Uh, the next group i'm going to talk about as a group because i don't i don't know if you can talk about one without the other two and that is the wide receiver group. And, you know, we've been so lucky the last, uh, well, long time now, it seems like, I don't know, 15 years, just to have really, really quality wide receivers. And I don't know if you can say that about other programs in the Valley, that uh, their wide receiver groups maybe aren't consistently as powerful as ours are. So uh, start it off. Uh, with A.J. Coons um, out of uh, Solon, Iowa, and he's 6'4", 195. Uh, just, this kid is, is uh, pretty crazy. Uh, he reminds me in some ways, and I hate to do this, but he reminds me in some ways of Jake Winnicky. Uh He has this ability to get behind the, the, the deepest man on the defense, get behind the safeties, um, and then, you know, his quarterback just throws it up to him a lot of times, and he goes up and makes a play, a contested play, and uh, and then is able to outrace all the defensive backs in, in, into the end zone. And he, uh, his, his teammate is, is Kurt and Jackrabbit, Adam Bach. They were teammates in high school. And one of his other teammates right now is committed to I, and his other teammate is committed to NDSU. So can you imagine this small school in Iowa producing this much Division I talent in a two-year span? Uh, pretty crazy when you think about that. But uh, A.J.'s having a huge senior season and just is continuing to make plays. Um, really excited about his future in Brookings. Uh, the next is six-five-one-ninety Jace Taylor from Arizona. And so the Jacks got their Arizona commit earlier than they do some years. And, uh, this guy, again, (laughs) please go watch this tape of Jace, um, huge bodied receiver, but he runs like crazy. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine a, a, a person this tall, um, and this big, uh, being able to move how he does. And it's really, really impressive. Um, Again, going up, making the contested catches, uh, is his specialty. Um, but he also is really athletic. Once he gets once he gets the ball in his hands, he makes a lot of plays, a lot of catch and runs. Uh, but he's powerful. He breaks a lot of tackles. And so we'll see his senior year again. He's through five games. I think he has over 500 yards, um, half dozen touchdowns. So just a huge, huge senior year up till this point. Uh, he was on campus for the Drake game for his official visit. Um, the other three guys that I mentioned already, they were at um, they were at the Southern Utah game for their official visits. Uh, the last wide receiver that I want to mention of out of the three that are committed uh, is Nate Sullivan Jr. and he is another student athlete from Bellevue West, uh, same high school as Cade Johnson and last year's commit uh, Shane Shane Daly Jr um so that offense down there in Bellevue West is is ridiculous if you ever get a chance uh if you're in the area down there or if you just want to watch the highlights um they run a spread offense that is unlike anything in high school that I've seen or I've experienced and it is really cool um Nate is extremely dynamic with the ball in his hands uh, they use him in a lot of different ways. Uh, he was, he, he did deal with some injuries at the end of the summer. Um, he's only played in a couple of games so far this season, but his junior year tape, uh, he makes plays every direction. Um, whether it's behind the line, uh, running a fly down the side, across the middle, um, uh, whatever it is, Nate, Nate can run it. And, uh, I'm really excited to get another playmaker in purple up in Brookings. Uh, he had offers from the Mac. Um, you know, he was, uh, a lot of the valley schools so uh getting Nate on board was a huge deal um especially early. So excited for those three and uh, you know, last year's edition, Canyon Canyon Bauer and Shane Daly again. Um those those two um are really doing a lot of good things I've been told in Brookings right now. You add these three big bodied receivers to go with them. Uh that's gonna be a nice, nice, nice uh core of wide receivers for whoever is the quarterback here in a couple of years. So um, really excited about that and, and, and what they're bringing. Uh, every year it seems like now the Jacks add a real blue chip tight end, and this year's no different. Um, Wyatt Seagreen from Nebraska, another Nebraska Jack for us, is uh, just a beast. He's a two-way player, a uh, small town in Nebraska, I think it's Oakland and uh, Oakland Craig, and he uh, he just makes plays all over the field. You know He's 6'7", 235, so at that uh, small small school in Nebraska, you're not seeing many kids with his size, um, but you watch the film and, and the efforts there, the motors there, he's not just coasting on that he's bigger and stronger than most of the kids he's playing. Uh, he moves really well for a person his size and uh, has really nice hands, so uh, I'm excited to see see what Wyatt brings to the squad. Um, he was on his official visit again uh, for the Southern Utah game, and uh, he definitely looks the part. Um, that Jack's tight end room, man, deep. Coach Schleisner, um really, really has a great group to work with there. I think Wyatt's going to be uh, the next person in that line, long line of success that the Jacks have at tight end. So... Um, yeah we'll we'll see there so we'll flip over to uh, the defensive side of the ball and I'm really really excited to see what the coaches are to watch what the coaches are doing uh, on the defensive side of the ball um, we're bringing in guys with all sorts of versatility basically all of these guys that that we're bringing in can play more than one position, or could easily play more than one position on, on the de- defense. Uh, it all depends on how the training goes, the nutrition goes, uh, what their bodies do, and how they respond to actually training for football instead of um, training for all sports and and playing multiple sports. And so, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys grow and develop physically, uh, because there's a lot of a lot of potential in all of them, and I think they could go in some different ways. So. Uh, we'll see. We really have to start off the discussion though about the de- the defense uh, recruits with the defensive line because there's they're brought in a lot of bodies on the defensive line, and these guys are talented. and um, I think the one that everyone talks about, kind of the headliner of this class in general, is Brandon Lane from Lee Summit, Missouri. Uh, he's a three star defensive end, uh, six four. 265, uh, right in that range, 6'5", possibly now. Um, again, he was at the Southern Utah game on his official visit. He is all of 6'4", that's for sure, um, and he's a big boy. So I'm interested to see when he gets on campus working with Coach Smith, uh, where they see him best lining up. And, uh, you know, I uh, you watch his film, and he is powerful. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily recall um, someone his age uh, having having the type of strength and leverage that he plays with. Um it's really, really unique. Um he had tons of offers, lots of Mac offers. Wyoming Wyoming's still bothering him, which is annoying. Um but uh you know he he He's going to be a true different difference maker. I think, I think this class in general is filled with difference makers, um, but uh, Brandon Lane has the potential to be someone that's really special. Um, and so we'll see. Uh, I'm excited for Coach Smith again to get to work with him and to, to really help him uh, refine his craft. Um, we can, we've seen what Coach Smith has done already with a lot of the guys he's brought in the last few years, and I, I think Brandon's just uh, going to be, again, that next guy. Um, the first kid to commit out of the group actually was, uh, uh, Max Balloon from Redfield, South Dakota. And, uh, Max caught my eye, I think two years ago at, at the prospect camp when he was there as a sophomore and, you know, looked at it and pulled up my schedule and everything. And, oh, geez, Redfield. Um, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in Clark, South Dakota, so I'm always, uh, looking for those NEC kids, um, to come through and, uh, and make us proud from that part of the state. So, um, Max plays with a really high motor, um, plays offense and defense, obviously, and, uh, 65 Again, he looks the part, um, down, down, uh, before the Southern Utah game. Um, you know, he's tall, he's lanky, um, but, but he looks strong too. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, you watch his tape and, and he's really, you know, strong, um, holding the edge, but has the athleticism to get home to the quarterback. So again, cleaning up the technique and everything that comes along with the college program, uh, I'm really excited because Max plays with tremendous effort. And as my partner, Kyle says, uh, on the podcast, or he said earlier in the year, um, your effort determines your floor, um, and I really think that, uh, that because Max plays with such great effort, uh, he has a really high floor for the Jacks. And unlocking uh, some of that natural talent and abilities that he's been blessed with uh, is only going to take him. You know, his, his ceiling is, is huge. The, the third player along the defensive line to talk about, um, I'm going to butcher his last name, so I do apologize for that, is um Randy Kimoni um Kamagni maybe 64220 from Tartan up in the Twin Cities Oakdale Minnesota uh Randy is an athletic freak uh <laughs> there's there's really no other way to say it but that and I mean that in the, the 100% nicest way so Randy or anyone in Randy's family if you're listening to this um it's a compliment uh Randy has only played a year and a half now of organized football and you watch Randy's junior junior year tape and y- yes he's he's so raw but the natural athleticism just jumps off the screen and you know Randy's still figuring out hands and um you know creating a path to the quarterback and you know learning his responsibilities on a given play or given alignment but some of the things that Randy can do out on the field, you just cannot teach. And, and it's this athleticism, athleticism and this power that he plays with that is just incredible. So, again, this is another person for Coach Smith to get to work with and to bring into the room and, and to really um, see what he can do. Uh, you know, watching a, a few of the highlights so far of his senior year, um, you can tell that he's been working on his craft. And you compare that to his junior year tape, and it's a, it's a huge step forward. And so uh, I just cannot wait to see because um, out of the three guys I mentioned, I think Randy does have the absolute highest ceiling just because his potential is so untapped at this point. And it, it, he's just getting by off of uh, his natural, God-given, blessed ability. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the, the fourth defensive lineman out of this group that, that we need to talk about is was one of the best, uh, you know, one of the top recruits in South Dakota this year, uh, Mitch Iacher uh, from Sioux Falls Lincoln. And Mitch, as a lot of you are aware, um, had an offer from NDSU. Brandon Light had an offer from NDSU. We got them both, so we're excited about that. But Mitch also had offers from, from USD, from Augie, um, and a couple of the Ivy League schools. And so for us to get Mitch was a huge recruiting victory. And, uh, you know, we always like to keep these best kids in South Dakota. And in my mind, when I look at this right now, um, and kind of look at, look at this defensive group, um, this defensive line group, Mitch is, Mitch is really right now kind of a complete package. Um, he plays the run great. You know, you watch Mitch's tape and he is consistently setting an edge, um, you know you don't see uh him missing an assignment out there uh and and he has enough athleticism, enough twitch uh to get around the end and get to the quarterback in a hurry. Um I know the Lincoln uh the Lincoln Roosevelt matchup. Mitch had a sack, a big sack of uh, uh that that ended the Roosevelt drive. Um he's been making big plays all season, and so I'm excited to see what Mitch can do um you know he he was one of the, he's the one of the last defensive uh players to commit kind of i think our most recent other than uh, a kid we're going to talk about in a little bit here um but Mitch again just tons of potential um i'm just so excited to see how we're investing uh our resources in recruiting along this defensive line group you know these guys uh again i talked about the versatility off the uh, off uh, the beginning here You know, I think these guys could play inside, they could play outside. I wouldn't be shocked if a couple of them could move into play like a stand-up role if we ever went to, you know, a a 3-4 alignment at some point, um, you know, for a play here or there. Um, I noticed against Southern Utah, um, Tolu was was playing out of a two-point stance from his end position. Um, Wouldn't shock me to see some of these guys do that at at some point. Uh, I think they have that type of athleticism. And they're just kind of chess pieces that, that can be moved um, based on matchups. I, that's what I'm just loving about it. They'll have tremendous size, tremendous speed, great athleticism. Their production is there out on the field. And so uh, the things you really look for. So that's the defensive line group. Um, Again, I'm so excited. That's a, just a tremendous group. I'd probably put them as my favorite group right now. Uh, wide receivers at two. So... Uh, there we go. The, the, uh, next group is the linebackers. And this one, uh, is, is pretty simple. I think these two were the first two commits, uh, for the, for the program, um, this spring. And that's, uh, Aaron and Adam Kusler from Sioux Falls, Roosevelt. Um, they were at the Southern Utah game as well. And they both stand 6-2, 205, 210, that kind of range. Uh, they look bigger than that to me. So I don't know if these weights are old or not, but, uh, they're, they're huge. Uh, they move really well. You watch the tape. Um, I think I retweeted it this weekend. Uh, which one, one of the, one of the two, I think it might've been Adam, uh, had a big stop and the a screen or something like that and totally flipped uh, the receiver, he came out of his drop from coverage and charged the line, uh, came came flying forward, and just made a tremendous stop. And uh, humans that are, that are that size, you just don't see move like that. And so uh, I, these two, again, were two that were at prospect camp as sophomores between their sophomore and junior year, really caught my eye. Uh, they just, they they just have that kind of it and that wow factor. Um, you know they, I don't, I don't. Okay, so I wasn't going to talk about this, but I decided that just now I'm go. I was going to, um, you know, the hero sports team. I love I love what Brian and Sam do. Um, I disagree on their rankings uh, a lot. Um, Aaron and Adam are going to get punished on the rankings because they committed so early and because they don't report all the rest of the offers they have or haven't received. Um, it was kind of what we saw with Tucker Craft last year. Um, Tucker Craft had offers from every school in the valley, plus the Montana schools, plus uh, walk-on opportunities at FBS schools, um, but he never reported those, and so Tucker looks like the lowest recruited tight end commit, um, you know, in the in the valley when Hero Sports does their rankings. Um, so it's all really unique, and I'm, this isn't a knock on Sam or Brian. There's no way they c- they could uh, figure out from each kid. Uh, each student athlete and who their commits are, if they're not going to post it on Twitter, that would just be too time intensive. And I commend them for the work they do do. Um, but Aaron, and Adam, uh, you know, they have other offers and and other opportunities, but they chose to commit to their their home state school, South Dakota State, um, early, and just kind of turn everything else down and turn it, turn off the recruiting, all that stuff. Um, because these are two of the best players uh, in this class uh, for any Valley program. They're they're that good. So excited to have them uh, stay in South Dakota and to be part of uh, the Jackrabbit family. So we're going to move on to the secondary. And the secondary, uh, really, really excited about this group. Um, You know, you want to talk about athleticism, speed, agility, uh, playmaking, this is your group. So first guy, quarterback, um, Abe Hoskins third. he's 6'2", 175, out of Omaha Central. Uh, he plays quarterback for them, he's a tremendous leader. Uh, there was a, just a nice article from, from one of the papers down there recently uh, talking about everything he's doing to try to turn that program around. Uh, You know, they've experienced a lot of struggles and and losing seasons in recent years, Um, but Abe is really, you know, helping the new coach try to build a culture of high expectations, of being there to cheer on your teammates. The article mentions Abe showing up on a Saturday, um, unprompted or anything, to to go cheer on the JV or the C team, uh, football team, whatever it is, and that's uh, that's really cool um, that he's taking that upon himself. When he really doesn't have to, um, just because he's trying to build this culture down there. Um, but Abe also plays defense. Not many big schools in, in Nebraska uh, have their quarterback play both ways, but Abe does. Uh, tremendous corner, <laughs> moves really well. Really good hips. Uh, awesome size, you know, being six-two. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I think he's another person that that, that could play a lot, um, a lot, a lot, a lot for the Jacks. and. Um yeah, I'm excited to get him in Brookings to get him focused, you know, on, on one sport, uh, on on just playing corner. Um man, I keep using the word potential for this group. Um but man we have some really, really uh high ceiling players here. Next guy, Dallas Beanum, and Dallas uh is is a super explosive wide receiver. Uh for for Millard West down in omaha six one one seventy uh also plays cornerback and uh he's a burner he has speed speed to speed to burn uh speed to kill whatever that saying is um you watch his tape and he's making plays all over the field and you know long arms big hands uh I just think man, I think he's gonna get in that room uh with coach Jackson. And just take off. Uh, He had, you know, he had Mac offers, other Valley offers, and he chose to come to SDSU and be part of this team. Um, But you know, you you look at um, the cornerback group that Coach Jackson has right now. You then you start talking about adding in uh, Abe and Dallas, and holy smokes, like what a talented group, what a versatile group, uh, tremendous size. Uh, the athleticism, the speed uh, and the skill, and so uh, Coach Jackson uh, is going to have uh, a lot of fun with these 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 guys coming up, and uh, you know really gets a chance again to to really mold these players into something super special because the talent is there. Uh, so the safety position, a couple guys to talk about here. And then I'll talk about um, Isaac Applegate uh, in a second, who's who's looked at kind of as an athlete right now. So the first one is uh, safety Kale Reader, six foot one eighty out of Yorkville, Illinois, and I really really enjoy uh, Kale's tape. Um, Kale again was at the Southern Utah game like so many of these other guys, and Cade is a missile out on the field. Uh, he plays uh, strong safety right now um, for his program. Also plays wide receiver. Again, another guy that that play, is playing both directions. And, uh, you know, Kale. I think his highlight tape from week one, he's going up and making tremendous, like, touchdown catches, like flying through the air and um, just soaring above everyone. He's not the biggest guy, you know, only being six foot. Um, but he plays big, and and his his tape... Again, I use the word missile. That's, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He flies and is just a wrecker out there. Um, I want to talk about our other safety, Dayton, um, McGowdy. I'm sorry, Dayton, if I butchered your name there, Six one one ninety out of St. Joe, Missouri. Uh, Dayton's a winner. Dayton also plays quarterback, uh, quarterback in safety. Um, again, he was another one of our, one of the first ones. I can't remember if it was him or the twins that committed first, um, But Dayton uh, is just a tremendous athlete, throws the ball well, um, but but he's going to be playing safety for us. But I really like when we have, you know, these former quarterbacks playing defense. It just seems like they process what the offense is trying to do a little bit more clearly. Um, And uh, Coach Berge always talks about the safeties being the quarterback of the defense and uh, excited to see Dayton up in Brookings, uh, tons of playmaking potential. Really quick, that's what I like about him. He's, he's really quick, Got to his reactions. Um, so I, I think he has some playmaking potential that uh, we haven't seen out of the safety position uh, in a while. So, um, excited to get Dayton up here. The one guy um, that I think right now that everyone's excited to see where he ends up uh, from a position standpoint, is Isaac Applegate um, right now he's listed as an athlete I think uh, 6'2", 190 uh, and this guy is fast he plays wide receiver um, for Lincoln southeast uh, he's a winner uh, he also plays safety linebacker um, I think that's where the Jacks see him is is a linebacker uh, safety strong safety type uh, you know that again that versatility he could he could really I could see him being a Logan Backus for us or um I could see him being a Josh Manjagaya, you know, so so somewhere in that in that range he could he really can kinda of do a lot. Um you know, Isaac has tremendous hands. Again, he seems to have this knowledge and this, this instincts about him um that just put him around the ball. And so uh, really excited there to see uh what that secondary group can do. So we gotta talk about special teams. Because the Jacks have done tremendous work recruiting special teams uh, this summer, fall. Uh, kind of the headliner um, is Hunter Dustman, um from St. Francis, Minnesota. Uh, Hunter is a five-star Coles kicker. Uh, had offers from us and USD, but interest from the Big Ten schools. And ended up choosing SDSU early in the process. Um, just he punts and kicks and so uh, can really do it all, just a heck of a leg, um, I don't know what else to say about a kicker, but you know, touchbacks, long field goals, extra points, again, great punting, um, and the Jacks just uh, got a commit last week from Jaden Mueller, who's a four and a half star Coles long snapper, um, ranked 19th in the nation out of Johnson, Iowa, and uh, we've had some success getting kids out of uh, Johnson, Iowa, so... I'm excited about that, that we have kind of a pipeline building there, and uh, that we're getting another long snapper in. You know, the Jacks have been so fortunate not to have problems with long snappers. Uh, We see other programs around us that consistently, they have really slow snaps, they're seeing a lot of kicks get blocked. Um, That's just a problem that we haven't had for a long, long, long time. And a lot of it's because of this consistency with the long snapper that we've just had um, over and over again for our program. So that is where we're at with the 2020s. Um, I'll continue to keep being, keep you updated on it. You know, this early signing day is uh, December. What day? December. It's a while still. Uh, early, middle December. Um, don't have the exact date yet. Um, But this group is truly special. Um, There's two that I think have verbaled, um, but they haven't reported on their social media, so I can't report it yet either. Um, Even if I have my suspicions of who it might be, I don't want to do that. It's their party. They get to do it. So um, I'll keep you up to date. So keep watching the blog. Keep watching the Twitter account uh, as these 2020s roll in. Uh, We'll likely do something fun. Uh, for the actual signing day in December. And, uh, you know, excited to get these guys to be a part of the group. It was good to see such a big group of them at the game at Southern Utah, and I'll keep watching for official visits um, as I know about them. So, go Jacks! <laughs>